It's tip-off time. The line, the jam! Welcome to ESPN Chicago's Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Throws it to win it! Listen on your phone through the ESPN Chicago app on FM at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now here are your hosts, Jay Hood and Chris Black. This is Fast Break right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Jonathan Hood. Fast Break brought to you by Neighborhood Housing of Chicago. Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago. Go to the website nhschicago.org. Get nhschicago.org to learn about getting a new home for you. Any Constable writes for the Chicago Sun-Times covering the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. She joins us right here on Fast Break. Any Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. It is ring night. Yes, it's great for the Sky against L.A. Sparks over at Wintrust. Let's just talk about last season because you've been covering this from uh, from the beginning. What a great season for the Sky. What a great shot in the arm for the city. What do you remember most about the championship season for the Sky? I'm laughing because at Media Day, Candace Parker literally trolled the entire gym being like, we did not have a good season last year. We were not good last year. And it's, it's funny because obviously it ended with a championship, so everyone's going to remember that. But honestly, what I remember about the season is just what a, what a challenge it was and how much the team overcame to win a title. And I think, you know, just from speaking to the team since they've been back this year, that's honestly what they remember too is that last year wasn't a good season. It ended with a championship, but overall it was not a good season. So I think everyone is geared up to really show what, what this team is, is actually capable of in 2022. You know that's ridiculous, right? I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, the idea that you win a WNBA championship and it wasn't right, a good season. And it's not a good, right, right. But, hey, they're the competitors. I guess that's the energy you got to bring if you want to win. It makes sense to some degree. I personally would be content with a WNBA championship season and calling it a good season. You mentioned Candace Parker, and I got a chance to talk to her a couple times, and I just think she's so dope. You think about her time <laughs> with the L.A. Sparks, right, and just one of the faces, one of the pillars of that, of that league, and then her coming home to Chicago. I remember uh, covering her as a high school athlete, obviously going to Tennessee and being able to be a great pro. I mean, you got a chance to talk to her. Uh, what is she like? I mean, she's one of the most, like, welcoming people, easy to talk to people. When you think about superstars, of her stature, you kind of wonder like what their personality is going to be like. Is the conversation going to be easy, easy to approach or easy to have? And, and it always is. I mean, she's, she's in the media too. So she gets it. I think that is why she's so, so um, open with the media, I would say, but no, she's, she's an incredible person. And then from, from a court standpoint, what she brings to her teammates, to the coaching staff, she's, she's another coach out there. James talks about that quite frequently of, her mentality and the way she communicates is like having a coach on the court. He says the same thing about Courtney Vandersloot, other players. So, I mean, he's really got a team of players that that can lead from top to bottom, and Candace is, is certainly one of them. Annie, you already have great shooting from, from Vandersloot to Quigley to Cooper. If Parker's not on the team, did the Sky win the championship last year? You know what? I, I got to say no because – and Courtney has said this too, and I think that's what kind of solidified my my ability to say that is Courtney saying it because what Candace brought went beyond what she was bringing in terms of statistics or 
or, or her play. She brought a mentality and an understanding that we can do this. So when you think about a team entering the playoffs at 500, a six seed, the mentality they have to have to win to, to a single elimination game, go into a series against the top-ranked team, uh, beat them, and then go up against the Phoenix Mercury, who, who was the fifth seed, it's like that takes a mentality. You know, that takes someone who's been there, someone who's done it, and that's what Candace brought. So when they went into the playoffs at 500, they needed her experience. They needed her confidence. They needed her mentality, her, her ability to, to, you know, let them know, yo, we, we can still do this despite X, Y, and Z that we went through this season. Allie Quigley is going to be out for this opener. What's the, what is her status for the future? So she expects to be back at the latest by game three. Um, she's been practicing in a limited capacity through training cramp. And, you know, it's more so just, just not feeling totally at 100%. When you're talking about a player who's, who's at, at the place she's at in her career, why push it? They've already seen what it takes to win a championship, and that's having everyone he- healthy at the end of the season. So they're really approaching things from, you know, the perspective of progression um, I mean, Candace said it too tonight. They, they're not going to win a championship tonight. So um, how? what's going to help them be the best at the end of the season? And if that means Ali sits out, you know, game one, game two, maybe even game three, like that's not going to make the difference at the end of the season. It's, it's making sure everyone's healthy at the end. Annie, you've been writing about this a lot in the Sun-Times regarding Candace Parker and the Sky team and what, they, what it takes to try to win another championship. But from Candace Parker's standpoint, I'm just wondering how many good years she has left. I know when I talked to her before she came here, as she was coming to Chicago, she said one of her goals is to win another championship. She's done that. I mean, and you're right. She's very successful uh, as a media person for Turner. How many years do you think that she has left? You know, I certainly am not going to attempt to speak for the, the Candace Parker, but the sense that I get from the conversations we've had about it is that she's not going to cheat the game. I mean, the great players don't want to cheat the game, and that's what she reiterates all the time. She, she's going to know when it's time to hang them up. Um, she said when, when she's not able to, to bring the team she's playing for, what she knows she's capable of, then, then she's going to call it quits. She did say, I mean, we talked about this being Sue Birds last year and Sylvia Fowles last year and the way that they're going about it of, you know, letting everybody know, hey, we're out after 2022. Um, she said she doesn't know if she's going to do it like that. You know, she she brought up uh, her, her former teammate, Lisa Leslie, who let everybody know midway through her final season that, hey, this is it. So one thing I think everyone um, that I've spoken to ha- has said is that Candace is going to go out only the way Candace can go out. She's going to figure that out, and, and it'll be um, true to – to her, so I mean, we're going to see her this year, and I think anything after that is is a bonus. That's what I would say. Yeah, just a bit, and she brings this star power, and so I'll, I'll ask Annie just based on from your standpoint. So as the team, the Sky continued to get better, and obviously mm-hmm. getting themselves to a championship. When did the Sky for you go from you know they're an option, maybe ni- maybe niche to a must watch in the city? Oh, I would say, in my opinion, 2019. Mm-hmm. James Wade's first year here was significant. He won Coach of the Year. They immediately turned things around. We're back in the playoffs. And for, for true basketball fans, that was 
a great team to watch. That was great basketball to watch. And and that's truly, in my opinion, when they became a must-watch team. I mean, the young players on that team, you're talking about Diamond DeShields, Gabby Williams, um, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley. Like, that was an entertaining team to watch. And so I think any true basketball fan would say that was when they returned to being a must-watch team. And now I know you've got the haters out there that – that maybe don't want to give them that respect. But 2019 was certainly, for me, when they returned to being a must-watch team. Uh, So I saw your conversation with Coach James Wade. Uh, He's the head coach and general manager of the Sky. And I saw your conversation with him at Wiener Circle, of all places. Uh, (laughs) Had to, had to. (laughs) I mean, I thought that that was great that you were able to sit down and talk to to Coach Wade. What uh, resonated most with you in that conversation? Well, I mean, he dropped the starters the night before the game, which sometimes he doesn't even let you know who the starters are 10 minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was significant. Tonight we're going to see Courtney Vandersloot, Dana Evans, Azra Stevens, Candace Parker, and Emma Miesemann in the starting five. Um, but other than that, I think it's just the approach that this team is bringing into this season and that, you know, obviously anytime you're coming off a championship, the narrative that us in the media, we all – we all say is like you go from being the hunters to the hunted. And those are questions they've taken all week long. And, you know, the thing that I think resonated is that he's, he's making sure his team maintains the hunter mentality. Like just because they won this doesn't mean that they're not hunting the same way they were last year. And I know that's kind of cliche and, and, you know, all coaches, all professionals say stuff like that. So we'll see how, how much it holds true starting tonight. Uh, and could you explain to me what's going on with the hardship exemption for the WNBA? Like, I'm used to seeing the roster one way last year, but of course things yeah. have changed. So could you explain to our, our listeners what the hardship means for the Sky and for the league? Yeah, so the, the WNBA has a hard salary cap. And the way that it worked with this new CBA is is there was a increase in, in max salaries, which is a great thing. You know, you want to see players like Candace. Um, Flute, Ka, Kalia Copper, Ali Quigley getting all, every dime that they can. But the way that that impacted the bottom of the roster is, is like this. So you have players that, that come in and fill out the end of the roster, and you're working to, to com- fall within that hard salary cap. And a lot of times you have to bring people in on temporary contracts. So the way the Sky's roster is working right now, they have – Four players that are still playing overseas, Kalia Copper, Julie Aleman, Rebecca Gardner, and Lee Yuru. She is waiting for her visa, so she's not playing right now. But these four players come off the salary cap. So Wade can't, in their absence, you know, sign people to just a full-season contract in their absence. What he does is he applies for a hardship exception, that four hardship exceptions that the league then grants and allows him to sign four players to replacement contracts that in their absence, um, they fill those four spots. And then when these players arrive, in whatever order they arrive, he has to waive the four players on the replacement contract. You know, Annie, this is a longer conversation, but... Yeah, it but, definitely is. Well, here, here's my point. Like, this has to stop in the WNBA. And, and, and this is a, a longer fight and a longer conversation. When I talk to WNBA players at times across the country, they just... It, the, the money has to get better 
so that the ladies are not traveling overseas when the season starts. Like what, as we start the season, I want Kalia Cooper on the on the ball club, right? This, Copper, uh, I gotta correct you. It's Copper. Kalia Copper. Yeah, what I, yeah, <laughs> what, what I, I want I want her on the ball club. Right. So so what I'm saying is that the roster I saw last year in the playoffs in the regular season, I want to see uh-huh. when the season starts. The idea that these ladies have to travel overseas to try to make ends. I don't I mean, sure, I'm sure they like the basketball, but if the money was right, they wouldn't have to travel. Correct. Oh, I mean, ab- absolutely. I, I don't think I mean, it's interesting. You talk to some players and and they'll hype it up. And like I've talked to Courtney Vanderson quite a bit about it, and she's she's always She's always positive on this sense of, like, I love playing year-round. Like, who wouldn't want to play basketball year-round? And, and yes, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a positive spin on, on something that just, if we're being real about it, absolutely. They shouldn't have to play year-round. And that's also just on another level. Like, you look at the, the window of time that WNBA players have to play, and it's shortened because of the wear and tear on their body all year long. And they don't have the same... Um, level of medical staff that the NBA has like it's just not comparable so when you think about the way that NBA players and sure the NBA is a a longer season like I'm not saying it's exactly the same but it's just it's unfortunate and and would we expect our our the the stars of the NBA to play year-round and not be able to give their bodies a break it just it, it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen and I mean it it just wouldn't so it's definitely a longer conversation to have. It's, it's something that needs to be discussed constantly and um, is going to take some time to change. Based on the television numbers, uh, and I talked to Ryan Rucco about this not too long ago. I mean, he's pleased with the numbers uh, for uh, ESPN, ABC, the coverage of it. What are, you th- what are your thoughts on the growth of the WNBA? When, you, when people uh, bring that up or when you bring it up in conversation, what's usually the, uh, the response about the growth of the league? I mean, everyone's just got their eyes locked on, on the impending t- new TV deal. So I think that's whenever you bring it up is like that's going to be really indicative of the WNBA's growth is is the TV deal that they're able to sign when, when this current contract is up. I mean, the money that they get from that deal is going to make a big impact. And um, again, it's going to be reflective of this this steady growth we've seen over over the last however many years you know i don't have the numbers in front of me right now but i would say the last three years at least of the steady television growth like that's going to have to be reflected in this new tv deal that they get and and better television slots too i mean exactly i mean we're like we've already seen that immediate change like this year um primetime television slots for the WNBA. like we're seeing that now espn's putting them in primetime television slots now but Again, that's going to uh, that's going to already be in the contract when it's reworked. Like ESPN is is adjusting, you know, has adjusted this year and, and put them in primetime slots this year. But when this new TV deal, you know, negotiated, that's already going to be a given. It's not going to be something that gets made up for. It's going to be a given in that. I would imagine that the college game also helps the WNBA in that way too, right? Because you know, three of the four pillars of college women's basketball with Tennessee. UConn, South Carolina, you know, uh, amongst others, I'm sure that helps the league as well because, to me, that, that women's Final Four, I thought that was a must-watch. Yeah, I think what the league is trying to do is, is develop more crossover between the fans of NCAA women's basketball and the WNBA because what 
communicated a lot by players and coaches in the league is that not enough NCAA players and fans of the NCAA watch the WNBA. And why is that? You know, like where where does the drop off happen? Like if you're a fan of the NCAA, why aren't you tuning in to the WNBA? And, and, you know, it's a hard thing to kind of think about. and, And one answer might be that the league is small. And so a lot of people's favorite NCAA players are getting waived. Why are they going to tune in when the league only has 12 teams, fields, you know, 10 to 12 players per team, and their favorite player from college is getting waived? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a problem. So um, there's so many answers to that question, but the league is definitely trying to develop more of a crossover between fan bases, and it's happening. So what's your gut feeling, Annie? Repeat, what do you think? I mean, James oh, Wade, gosh. he's stone-faced. He won't give you a lot. You know, I know that he's happy <laughs> deep down in that body. I know he's happy, but what do you think? Because it's hard to repeat. Oh, it, the WNBA is, is one of the hardest leagues to repeat in. So my prediction is that the Sky are good on paper. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they translate to the court tonight. <laughs> That's all I got to say about of making a prediction at this point. Annie, uh, and just one last thing. So from what you can understand, sorry, I know ring night at Wintrust is going to be sold out. Are they sold out for the season? How are the tickets? The tickets have, I believe, doubled the, the season ticket mm-hmm. sales. I'll have to double check on that. But my last conversation with Adam Fox, guy CEO, was that he said, I believe that the season tickets doubled. So I haven't gotten a number of, of whether or not tonight sold out. I know that the ring ceremony is expected to be sold out on May 24th when they play the Indiana Fever. But um, yes, season ticket holders or season ticket sales definitely went up significantly. So, I mean, the championship absolutely had an impact. And like I was having a conversation with someone recently these season tickets are an investment, right? Like you look back at season ticket holders of, of the Chicago Bulls when they first got those season tickets before the first three-peat or, or the second. That's an investment. And then now you have these season, ticket, these season tickets. Well, look at the sky right now, what they're building. They're building something. So getting in now, I mean, I'm not in business, but... I would say that's a decent business opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say that too. I would, yeah, I'm not I'm not like a finance girl, but hey, that that doesn't seem like a terrible option. No, absolutely not. Annie Costable, she has the cover story in the Chicago Sun Times. She's covering uh, the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Joining us here on Fast Break, Annie. As always, we appreciate. It. Let's talk again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to come on whenever. It's Annie Costable from the Sun-Times with us, brought to you by NHSChicago.org. It's Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago with us here on Fast Break with Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening right here on ESPN Chicago.